And uh, what we're going to do now, if you have a Bible, if you have some kind of device that you can turn to, we're going to be uh, focusing our minds and our attention on um, John chapter 15, which is the teaching of Jesus concerning the vine. And uh, we started a couple of weeks ago, and we're going to continue the theme. And today we're going to come to, uh, well, I, I suppose it's quite a painful part of what we're coming to now, because this is all about pruning. And any one of you who may be a gardener will know all about pruning. Pruning uh, is an essential part of, uh, of growth, or certainly in the garden, it would seem, and certainly on a, a vine. And it's always particularly good to have a, a nice pair of uh, sharp scissors or sacateurs or whatever it might be that you use in order to, to get to where you want to get to, to cut some uh, certain branches off that aren't bearing fruit or that need to go in order to make room for new saplings or a new, a new day for, for that particular plant or vine that you're growing. So we, we know that, uh, that it's an essential part. Pruning is key. Uh, but also when you relate that to someone's life, you think to yourself, what on earth does it mean if God's going to have to prune some things uh, in our lives? And, and that's what I'd like to focus on a little bit this morning as we think about the whole context of uh, pruning. Uh, and we, we start uh, in John chapter 15 once again. I'm going to read that to you, John, John 15 verses 1 uh, to 2. Just two verses that I want to relay this morning uh, to us. And uh, this is Jesus speaking, uh, and he says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. We're going to leave it there. There's obviously the whole chapter, but we're going to leave it there this morning. He says, he cuts off every branch in me. Now, that sounds quite unusual, uh, because he's talking about the internal part of us. He's talking about those things that may not be fruitful, certainly in our lives. But he says, he cuts off the branch that bears no fruit in me. Uh, while every branch that does bear fruit, he then prunes. And there's a difference between cutting off and pruning. It might not seem like it, but there really is. Uh, and it's really important that we understand the difference. When something's not bearing fruit, when something is not good for us, when something that is causing dis-ease within our bodies, he cuts off. But other areas he sees potential and he says, listen, that just needs pruning and it just needs a little bit of training uh, and, and then it's going to be even more fruitful. And we begin to see this uh, in the teaching of Jesus. And it's clear from my understanding when I read the Bible that Jesus has a real aspiration for you and I. He has dreams for you and I. He really does. The Scripture uh, is all about, uh, uh, when we look at John 15, it's all about the long-term difference that God wants to make with our short lives that we have. Jesus has a desire to maximize every single moment, every single day, every single week in our lives so that we would bear fruit. In many ways, it's just like my, my old mum and dad. I, you know, I used to love them. They wanted to give me what they didn't have. They wanted to afford me the opportunities that I didn't have. Really, they wanted me to be fruitful. They wanted the best. They wanted me to thrive. And God wants you and I to thrive he wants us to be fruitful, not for himself, but he's, he's called us for fruitfulness because that's where we find our purpose. It's where we find our destiny, by being fruitful for God. And I suppose there's nothing worse than unfulfilled potential. 
See, unfulfilled potential is a tragedy. It really is a tragedy. All that could have been, but is lost. All that might have been, but it wasn't. But when we read scriptures like this, and this scripture in particular, we, we realize that that is avoidable. That unfulfilled potential is avoidable for every single one of us. And I don't just mean in the long term, I mean in the short term as well. Every day is an opportunity for fruitfulness in so many ways. And I have to say, as, a, as, as the pastor of Holy Trinity, I have seen those buds, I've seen that fruit with my own eyes in the way that people have dealt with one another. But, you know, fruit only lasts for a season, and there's another season, and there's another season. You see, fruit is not just for one time back then when we used to do, but fruit is meant to be utilized for every harvest time. There's meant to be fruit in our lives consistently. And that's what God wants us to be. He has plans for a bountiful, fruitful life of purpose, a life of hope and influence for each of our lives, even in lockdown. However, if we are to be fruitful, if we are to be really fruitful, then there are some very simple things that we need to do to create that environment where our lives have lasting fruitfulness within them. Because I hope as you're sat there, wherever you are, that you would want your life to be fruitful. Because that's our purpose as Christians. That's our focus as Christians, that we want to bear the fruit that God has put in us. Why? Because we're connected to the vine. We're branches of the vine, and Jesus wants us to be fruitful for him. It's not fruitfulness just for you, but it's fruitfulness for the kingdom, for the king, so that we represent him and that we do what we are meant to do in his name representing him so that we would have fruit wherever we do life. So what is the environment? What are the things I would want to say? Well, there are three very simple things that I want to say this morning with regards to creating the right environment for fruitfulness. Number one might sound simple, but it's very true, I believe. Put God first. Put God first. In everything you do, you need and we need and the church needs to put God first. We make sure that God is at the center of all things in our career. Put God first. In education, in family, in relationships, I want to encourage you to put God first. In our finances, in our dealings with anything in life, we put God third first. Because in, if we do, then we're going to see that that creates the environment that is conducive for growth. The Bible actually says that it's in Him, in the vine, it's in Him that we live, that we breathe, that we have our being. Everything that we are, everything that we will ever be has its source in the vine. He created you and me in His image. Before the foundation of the world, He knew your name. He knows some stuff about you. He honed you and shaped you in your mother's womb. He knows the potential that is there. Even if it's unrealized at this moment, and if it's in a, in a dark room in your life, he says, I've got the key that unlocks the door to potential and fruitfulness in your life. He prioritized you. He knows you. He has plans for you, the Bible says. He put life and breath into you. Not to exist, but to thrive. That's his heart. He has a master plan. He loves you with an everlasting love. 
fruitfulness can only really happen in that context when we put him first in our lives. So that means that we may have to reorganize a few things. Do we ask God about our career, our education, our college, our university, what we should be doing, where we should be? Do we put him first to say, it's all about you? I only want what you desire. I want to be placed and I want to be planted in the place where I will bear the most fruit. And that can sometimes mean in unpopular places. It might be the dark side of the garden and you're thinking where the sun doesn't shine. But let me tell you, the sun, S-O-N, always shines even in the darkest places because he's created us for fruitfulness and life and vitality. And no matter where the darkness is, the light in us will always shine and bear fruit if we are putting God first and if we see that. First thing, put God first. See, Jesus sees the potential in you. Maybe we need to see the potential of God in ourselves. He can do all things. Where? In you and I. In the darkest times. In the worst moments. Why? Because he has called us to bear fruit. Second thing I would just simply like to say is dream again. Dream again. You see, Jesus is the true vine. And that vine will not be contained. It doesn't stay in a greenhouse. The true vine is felt all around the world. From that time in Jerusalem, the vine of Jesus is now in every nation of the world in the form of orphanages and hospitals and schools as the church because the vine cannot be contained. But so often in our lives, we contain the vine saying, it's just me and what can I do? Well, we all know that we can do nothing, but with him, all things are possible, which means fruitfulness can overflow in our lives if we afford ourselves the opportunity to dream again, believe again, to go again. You say, oh, Stephen, I've done it once or twice, but, you know, go again. Let's go again. Let's dream again. Restore to me what I may have lost in terms of the dreams that I once had for my life. See, through you and I, who are the branches of this vine, who is Christ Jesus, there are potential outlets everywhere, even in a pandemic. There are outlets everywhere. If we choose to see, if we begin to dream again and see what God sees. See, branches have to be pruned. Branches need also to be trained. You know, it doesn't just, so ha it doesn't just happen that a branch climbs over a wall. It's trained. There's, there's foundations that are placed there. There's like a skeleton that's put there. And we are the body of Christ. And you know what? He's trained us to go over the wall. He's trained us to go into all the world. That's who we are. That's who we were meant to be. And if we are going to be pruned, and if we're going to be trained, then I'm going to tell you something prophetically. Then there are new heights for us to soar to, and there are new places for us to go. Because that's what happens when we are trained, when we are pruned. We go where we thought we could never go. And this week, this month, this year, I want you to do something that you are passionate about. Something that you lost passion for. I want you to reignite something that you just say, that's what I want to do. That's what I believe God called me to do, but you laid it down. Do what you're passionate about where you are. If you love people, connect with them. Write letters. Do something practical. Whatever it might be, cook a meal. If you, whatever skill you have, use it for fruitfulness. 
Don't just put it in the greenhouse just to grow, but allow it to have an effect out there. We only get one life. Even in lockdown, we might say, oh, it's not, it's not the same. No, it's not. But we only get one life, even in lockdown. And we can be fruitful. And it's not easy. And it may be dark. And it may be challenging. But the reality is we get one opportunity. This is a moment. What will we do with the moment that we have? So let me encourage you to go beyond the boundaries that you have contained yourself possibly in. And perhaps this morning, the vine dresser, the gardener, needs to retrain our borders in our minds and in our hearts. Retrain our boundaries in our minds and our hearts. Retrain our expectations in our minds and our hearts. Because he says, I didn't put you in the corner to wilt. I I placed you for fruitfulness. And God can make anything grow. Why? Because if you are willing... You can make me clean. We've already read it. And Jesus says, I am willing. We already know that God is willing. You know, this year I've set myself some personal spiritual tasks. Some of these tasks are beyond me. One or two of them are way, way, way beyond me. In fact, they're more like dreams rather than things that I think I'm going to attain personally because they're out of my zone. They're out of anything I can do in and of myself. They are really into the realms of of dreams. But you know what? Dreams without goals are just dreams. They just stay dreams. In fact, eventually they become nightmares. Dreams without goals are just dreams. They fuel disappointment if they remain dreams. Dreams require goals. What am I going to do about the dream and the desire and the passion that I have? If you allow it to remain a dream, you will resign yourself to being one of those people who will say, I could have and I should have, but I didn't. And we don't want to do that because that's not what God's plan is for our life. And to achieve any goal, we must apply discipline and consistency. You will see the gardener in the field, you know, in that vine, pruning, coming alongside, making sure that it can reach its full expectation. Take the gardener away from the vine and it dies and it just does what it, does what it wants. And there are lots of Christians who just do what they want. They just choose, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But actually the vine dresser, the gardener, Jesus himself says, I know the plan that I have. And we don't dance to our own tune. We dance to the rhythm of heaven. That's our heart. That's our desire. So discipline and consistency is key. Is it easy? Of course it's not. But the Christian life was never meant to be easy. But it was meant to be focused. Follow me, Jesus said. It's not the largest manual in life, is it? Follow me. But that's it. Follow me. And I will make you. For Peter, he said, I will make you a fisher of men. What does he want to make of you? What is it that you're good at? What is it that God wants to bring to the fore in your life and in my life? You know, you've heard the saying, and I've heard the saying, you don't plan to fail, you fail to plan. I'll say that again. You don't plan to fail, you fail to plan. And I know that you've heard this many times before, probably. But have you really heard it? Have you really heard it? Let's not do that. Let's not plan to fail. Let's be in the place where this morning we say, Lord, in me, create in me that renewed heart. 
What is your plan and my plan for fruitfulness, fruitfulness this week? What am I going to do about fruitfulness this week, this month, this year? What's the challenge that we have to rise to in our own lives? Because it will take discipline and consistency. And if you have a dream, that's what it's going to take. Of course, God can do it in the click of a finger, but he chooses to use people of heart and passion who are persistent, who want to follow him with all their mind and soul. And that means that we give everything to him every day. And just because you are busy doing lots of things does not mean that you are getting a lot more done. Everyone seems to be busy in life, and I don't, I don't say that people aren't busy, but this is the principle of focus and living our lives in accordance to His plan and purposes because in a day there's always enough time to get the things that God wants done, done. And just because we're busy doing lots of things, let me emphasize again, does not mean that we're getting a lot done. We should not confuse movement and busyness with spiritual progress. We shouldn't confuse the two. Tired, 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 tired. But what are we tired about? I know that that's challenging. I know that that's difficult. But this is all in the context of being able to dream again. Where does God's dream and plan come in our lives day by day? Dream again. Put God first. And lastly, I just want to say, live simple. Live simple. It's not how much you have. It's what you do with what you have. That's the key. Someone once said, the most selfish thing you can do in life is help someone else. I know that sounds confusing, so I'm going to say it again. The most selfish thing you can do in life is help someone else. Why is it selfish? You may ask. Because the joy, the good feeling, the, the great sense of fulfillment that you personally get in helping and serving someone else, someone else gets, there's nothing better than doing that. You benefit by giving yourself away to somebody else. You are the one who overflows with joy when you serve someone else. You and I benefit big time when we serve others. That's why the Bible says it's better to give than to receive success accomplishment legacy or words that we know but all of these i would suggest are found in serving and giving to others especially in times of great need going above and beyond it's a life that makes its habitation around the term extra mile it's not once in a while, we live the extra mile. It's who we are. It's what we do as the church. And at this time of challenge all around us, isn't this the one time that the church should shine like a light in the darkness? Through our good works, people will look to our Father in heaven and glorify God. Now, good works doesn't save people, but it shows them that God is here He's in us, he cares, and he has something to say. As a student at Oxford University, John Wesley lived on 28 pounds a year. And as his earnings increased to 30 and eventually 120 pounds a year annually, he continued to live 
on £28 a year. The more he earned, the more he would give away. He chose a simple life. Is that challenging? Well, I hope so. It's challenging certainly to me. But here we have simplicity. We are, we're busy and we can have so much stuff that we think that we need. And if this pandemic has taught us anything, so many people are actually saving, not all, saving money because they're not going out for coffee and buying stuff in retail. They don't know what to do. So it gives you a measurement of what you think you have and what you think you need because the reality is often, really, I probably didn't need that, did I? And it's not right or wrong, but it's a choice to live a simple life. What does a vine need to grow? Dirt. That's all it needs. Space. An environment. doesn't need anything else. just needs the opportunity. We can afford God the opportunity by allowing our lives to be that place where He plants and He grows whatever He would want to grow for His glory because He's the vine dresser. Say thank you, I would suggest every day. Thank you for life. Thank you for mercy. Say thank you every day for understanding. Say thank you for health. Every day, humility. Say thank you for parents and peace and love and everything that we have because everything, everything we have is because of the grace of God. There is no Christian that is self-made. I want to tell you that. Everything we have is because of the grace and the mercy of God. And He gives to us, pressed down, shaken together, overflowing not that we can keep so that we can then overflow to a world if we choose a simple life if we choose not to hold on to these things and say mine but choose to say it's yours when we as individuals succeed when we overcome when we accomplish great things in life or when we prosper in some way reach back and pull somebody else up let somebody else benefit because of what God's done in your life. Don't sit there in a castle thinking, I'm great, look at what God's done. Become a resource to other people. Inspire those around you. Do something that goes the extra mile continually in your life. And I would suggest this week, don't go to work simply to make a living. Rather, decide to go to work in order to make a difference where you are. I know that there are lots of people who don't like their jobs, but sometimes we have to reimagine that and realize that we are where we are because that's where we are planted. And we don't go there just to make a living. We go there to make a difference by our words and our hope and our lives and the fruitfulness of what God's done in our lives. And He overflows. And if He doesn't, then say, Lord, create in me afresh a fertile ground where you can allow me to put you first again, to dream again, and to live simple, but then to live big for you. You know, when they went to Canaan, they came back with grapes as big as their palms because they said, it's just so amazing. Don't you want a life like that? I do. Now let me conclude because I feel like I've ranted, but I haven't. I really feel that this is a word for us as individuals and as a church. I want to just then conclude by saying something about pruning. Because this is the environment to put God first, to dream again and to live simple. That's just the environment. 
Let me just read some scripture from Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 to 13 in the Living Bible. It says these words, For whatever God says to us is full of living power. It is sharper than the sharpest dagger, cutting swift and deep into the inmost thoughts and desires of all the parts of our lives, exposing us for who we really are. That's what the Word of God does. It, it exposes, it cuts deep. He knows about everyone, everywhere, which means He knows about you. Everything about us is bare and wide open to all to the all-seeing eyes of the living God. Nothing can be hidden from Him to whom we must explain all that we have done. See, the Word of God, it says, is sharp. It's quick. It's powerful. It cuts to the heart. It prunes. Because in order to prune, you've got to cut. And that's what the Word of God does. It cuts to the innermost thoughts and the motives and the desires. And it cuts us to the quick and it says to us, there's a challenge there. There's something that needs to be pruned. It exposes, the Bible says, who we really are. Who are you really before God? And if we are to put God first, and if we are to dream again, and if we are to live simple, there will need to probably be some pruning. In fact, there has to be pruning because for more fruitfulness, we have to be pruned. And whatever level of fruitfulness you think your life is and, and, and at this moment, if you are a fruitful Christian, I praise God for that. But do you know what? There's more fruit coming. And if there's more fruit coming, then we have to be pruned. John 15 is about branches being bountiful. Does that word express where you are? It's about being influential. Does that word express where we are? It, it's about bearing fruit. And it doesn't have to be big. It just needs to be small. Wherever we are, we do what we can with what we've got. Pruning is the key to being more effective as a branch. And the more effective as a branch we are, the higher that we'll go to new heights, to new places. And it's not just physical, it's to do with who you're becoming in Christ. And perhaps this morning, there needs to be a change of thinking. Perhaps this morning, a new spiritual and practical dream needs to be reborn in us as we begin to dream again. New goals need to be established in our lives and new disciplines need to be brought to bear in order for us to fulfill that which God has called us to because He desires fruit for you. He wants you to be bountiful. He wants you to represent Him. It may mean reorganizing some of our priorities, if not all of our priorities, because if anything in our life is above God, it's in the wrong order. Put... God first. And if we're to be fruitful, and I mean really fruitful, then creating the right environment and space in our lives is vital. Live simple. Measure what you think you need and determine to make some choices. And this morning, let's allow the vine dresser, the gardener, he's waiting. He's got his... He's got his his scissors in hands. Let's allow him to come and to retrain us, 
to remold us, to reshape our thinking, even now, even at this moment. Because his desire is not to bring guilt upon us. That's not what this is all about. But he's trying to open up the door with a key that will unlock the potential that is there, that he wants to see come to the fore. I'm going to invite uh, Christy and the band back up, and we're going to sing. And, uh, well, you know, if, 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 I, if we were in church today, I would absolutely be saying to people, come forward. Because this is a moment, this is an opportunity, this is a time of reflection, this is a time of reconnecting, this is a time of saying, God, yes, I desire that, I, I want that. Well, wherever you are, in whatever way that you can, why not come to God afresh? Why not just say, Lord, here I am? As we read those amazing words in John 15, again, as we just start, to worship the Lord. It says, I am the true vine. My Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Can you make some choices then? Because I need to make some choices. While every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes. Lord, I've grown content. Lord, I'm just, I've got used to, but would you prune me now? Because I need, I need to be retrained. I need my mind to be remolded and reshaped because I'm not bearing the fruit even in lockdown. Can God do it? Yeah. Yes, He can. Why does He do all of that? Why does He cut? Why does He prune? Because He wants to bring pain. No, He says so that we can be even more fruitful. There's a reason why we have to endure pain. We have to go through stuff in our lives. So let's allow the Holy Spirit to come even now. Where we're sat, however we find ourselves, whatever spiritual condition, even if you feel like the leper who came to Jesus and he just reached out his hand and he says, come on, I'm willing. Well, let's give him the environment of our lives as we worship and we sing with this song and then we're going to pray. Creating me a clean heart, creating me a renewed heart. May my heart be fertile now for you to refashion and remold who I am and who I need to be. Let's worship Jesus and then we're going to pray.